ESPN 690 and Action Sports Jacks presents Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau. We're going to have to show a little more patience than the year two pom-pom people. Casey Kurtz. Yo! But what are we doing, bro? Come on! And Aaron Schachter. I'm, I'm all in favor of these two showing their love, really <laughs> celebrating their relationship. This is Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau, Casey Kurtz, and Aaron Schachter on Jacksonville's home for ESPN Radio, ESPN 690. Well, the Jags are helping us out. With sports radio on Mondays. <laughs> Giving you something to talk about. My goodness gracious. They're not boring. That is something about that. the Jags, right? Look, everyone before the season started, can I remind the Jags fans? Oh, here he goes. Uh, everybody goes. before the season started was like, as long as we're just as long as we're in the games at the end. Sunshine pumper. We just <laughs> we just wanted to we just wanted to matter. We just uh, <laughs> look at you. You're in every game. You're in every game. There is something to it, right? There's something to it. Every game. But we're greedy, man. And how about just a freaking W? Not four. Yeah. Just one. Well, you got to taste it. You got you to get a taste, a little taste at the beginning the of the season. Part. That was the worst part. That was the worst You got the little part. taste of the sugar on the tongue, and then it went away. Knew, here's the thing. You knew they weren't like that good, right? Like, that was a, you didn't. No, no, you did. No. You did. Everybody in the city was like, what, did you see the new power index? They're number five, and they're getting trashed. They're number three. What are they doing? <laughs> Dude, everybody was like that. Everybody. All right, we got Rasheed Mathis coming in a moment, but I want to finish off this thought or two on James Robinson because we had some numbers, and I don't want to bog you down as we're hanging up with Maurice Jones. These Jones-Trim. are good numbers, though. But this tells a story on two different sides, all right? Demetrius Harvey from Florida Times Union, we were talking earlier this morning because, like, I want to find out the numbers for the Jags on, like, short yardage situations where they have one yard to go or two yards to go. Well, Demetrius helped find these, and this is its kind of amazing, right? Because when you look at two yards or less, the Jags are actually eighth in the NFL at percentage. At two at yards or less to convert a first down. Yeah, so 47 plays, and they are 57.4% of the time they get it. And what place is that in the league? What rank? Eighth. Eighth in the league. Okay, so they're like, all right, well, try one yard. So an even easier distance to get a first down. Yeah, so try one yard, and guess what? Out of 31 plays, they're 23rd in the NFL. They rank 23rd out of 31. At one yard, they're 23rd in the NFL. At two yards or less, they're 8th in the NFL. I mean, clearly to me, it says to me that on third and one, the play should be to step back a yard and and, and kneel. (laughs) You should kneel on it and then run the fourth and two. Just do fourth and two, and you'll nail it. Uh, So... Okay, so on top of that, why would Doug not put James in those situations? That I've said it today because I think that's the M.O. in his career. Well, I got corrected earlier today on Monday Morning Madness, and these numbers, if they are true, which they're giving passed along, and uh, that stat boy shared them with us this morning. So I'll read you just to stay on this topic. Percentage of carries stuffed for no gain or a loss, com- according to PFF, Pro Football Focus, Travis Etienne. 5.6% of the time. Stuffed for no gain or a loss. That's tied for ninth lowest rate in the NFL. So that's good. That's good. Yeah. James Robinson, 17.3%. Last. Last. Last among last. 39 qualified running backs in this metric. Last. So is that what Doug's seeing? And he's like, you want me to put the guy that's last and negative to zero runs Look, in, in that situation? You had one Tony Khan sitting three feet away from you telling 
Doug Peterson, Trent Balky, <laughs> those are men of analytics. That they, they embrace the analytics. They understand the numbers. They're fluent in it. So if you're seeing it, then they're seeing it twice over. So those are interesting numbers, right? The Jags have to figure out. And also, I'll give you this. Is that why Doug Peterson went to, like, the sprint option play last week in Indy? Still a good play call. He's like, we can't block it. Yeah. So I think that goes to the offensive line. Let's bring Rasheen Matheson. I'll get to that soundbite on Doug a little bit later, Casey, all right? But uh, let's bring Rasheen Matheson. He's hanging on the line. I want to get his thoughts on this. Uh, you just heard me rattle off all those numbers. I'm not sure you can even comprehend all the numbers when I throw them out there like that. Uh, anybody listening. Uh, but, Rasheen, the bottom line is they're not good in short yardage situations, and they don't want to use James Robinson in those short yardage situations. What that tells me when you're not good in, like, one-yard distance is that your offensive line is not getting a good enough push. doesn't matter who's in the football game. Yeah, and I think it's I, – I would love to see how many – can we go for on fourth and one compared to everyone else? A lot. Um, because, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that could be the stat that we're looking at as well. Um, and another thing without bringing Robinson into the game, because I think with Robinson in the game, everyone is thinking run. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just throwing out just, you know, it, could, it couldn't be the reason. But, you know, um, but I think he's a good back all around, all good all around back, not just a running running, um, not just running the ball. So it could just give them more options. They feel like they have more options to do more, and teams have to prepare for other things um, other than just running the ball. Yeah, I agree with that, too, by the way. I think, uh, I think. well, I shouldn't say I totally agree, but I think that's a philosophical thing that I could agree on, right? Like, once you – I'm telling you what I'm about to do. Uh, if if right. I bring in James Robinson, we're going to run right up the gut. Uh, but – they told everybody what they were going to do on a QB sneak on the third time. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the third yes, time, it's all they season. Didn't, they yeah. didn't change that up either. And uh, so uh, it's uh, it's another tough loss for the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Our, our G- GM, our defensive coordinator, our psychological hero here on uh, <laughs> Mathis on Mondays, Rasheen Mathis, <laughs> help us, help us. How, why can't they win a game, man? Why, why is Foyer Aluakin, a very smart player, a good player, a veteran player, headbutting the quarterback for a 15-yard penalty on a play they pick off? Like, I can't believe this stuff's happening. And then, by the way, acting like he has no idea what the flag was for. Well, he did. He knew after the game. But he He's, put his arms out like, yeah. what? Well, of course, like, I, I think he was more disappointed in himself, but I mean, are these seem like out of character plays, Rasheen. Are people just trying too hard to make a play? Yeah, that's just bonehead, right? There's no excuses for something. So I'm not, you know, the, I'm 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 the number one hidden fan, right? Um, I'm the number one closet fan. But at the end of the day, you can't shoot yourself in the foot. So it's you know, you're taking a pick six away. Um, Etn again, he fumbled in the in the um, you know going into the end zone. Um, or struggling to try to get to the end zone. You know, so stuff like that is going to kill you against good teams. And I think that's what, when you roll the tape back, that's what you're going to look at, those are the things that we didn't do well. And those are two of the things that really cost us. Yeah, absolutely. Rasheen Mathis with us. Mathis on Mondays here on Brighton Friends on ESPN 690. You know, Foye looking in the locker room after the game, I thought he was really good because he said, he's like, listen, I'm not concerned at all about this team. We're together. We're, we like each other. This is a good locker room. Right. And we're going to pop. He was like, it's going to pop. And, and when it does, it's going to be good. Like that, I'm paraphrasing. But uh, I guess that's a good feeling to have in their locker room 
and you could almost buy into it if there hadn't been so much losing around here for so long. But it's really hard to sign up for it because the Jags sooner or later just got to prove that they can win a football game, and then maybe I'll believe they could roll off four out of five or something like that. I agree. I agree with everything that you said. Um, it's, it's hard to buy into it. Um, you know, if you're you're a betting man in Vegas, um, it's, it's hard to say that they're going to start rolling off win. But at the same time, I agree with them. I, I think they're that close. Um, but, you know, what matters is that W or that L at the end of the day. So um, they need to start finding ways to win ball games. Uh, they've been close. Um, Last-minute drives the last two games. Uh, but... You know that W or the L matters at the end of the day, and they have to find out find out how to how to get that going. But I, I'm 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 with him. I agree that I, I believe that the num- that things will turn. I do believe that things will turn because they are in every almost every game, like y'all said earlier. And Rasheen, I've been waiting to ask you this question since I saw the play because the first thing I thought was, I wonder what Rasheen thinks about this when Kurt catches the ball at the end of the game, and he's pushing his way towards the end zone. He's got three Giants hanging off his back. Before the season started, we were talking about Christian Kirk and maybe some comps in the league, and then Brent actually brought up the numbers on DK Metcalf, and the numbers were really close, but obviously these two men (laughs) look vastly different, play different games. Do you think a guy like DK gets in the end zone on that pass, or do you think it was just done from the second he caught the ball, no matter who he is? Yeah, that is an unfair comparison because they are two different (laughs) monsters. Very, Very two different people, yeah. Yeah, two different receivers, but I do believe Metcalf was, you know, just, it, it, you know, he's probably 25 pounds heavier, right? So he has a better chance of getting into that end zone. Yeah. Um, and that's just pure off of being a physical specimen. So, yeah, definitely that, that does matter. You're talking about one of the most gifted receivers in the league when you're talking about uh, Metcalf. But, yes, it, it, it does matter. Um, the DB did a good job of, of throwing his body at him and trying to keep him out of it. Um, it was just a it was a bang bang play and you know the game of inches again, right? Game of inches. Yeah, it gives actually I want you to walk us through that game from uh, that play from a defensive standpoint because in my estimation, I said this morning on Monday morning madness with Casey. I think that was a perfectly executed football play on both sides of the ball. And I like that in sports. I like when we see that. Like, hey, you know what? That is a good play and both People did their job, or everybody did their job. And when everybody does their job in that situation, probably the defense wins. But tell us what you're supposed to do from a defensive perspective. I got to believe you're you're defending the goal line. Yeah, you know spot, where it's right? going. Yeah. Yes, yeah, definitely defending the goal line. There's no, there's not going to be, you know, the clock is going to be zero, right? So if I can stop him from getting in, so I, I have to know where my my um, end zone where the goal line is, and he did a great job. He did a great job of understanding where he needs to be, understanding where the receiver was, and making a great football play because we see games lost or touchdowns scored on a week-in and week-out basis, basis on, on that same exact play. So the only thing that I will I can critique the offensive, um, the rhythmic of the play, the timing of the play, that's the only thing that I can pr- pretty much critique about that play. But from a defensive standpoint, they did an amazing. He did an amazing job. He did his job. Well, well, talk more about that then. What do you mean? Do you think they could have got the ball earlier? To yeah, because- earlier would have mattered because okay. he was kind of catching the ball facing facing the line of scrimmage, not facing his shoulders weren't turned towards the end zone. So that means it was kind of a late ball, or he was trying to shield. I don't know which one it was. I don't know if it was a late ball or he was trying to shield the defender 
from getting around on the ball. Um, so it matters the angles of your body being turned and your momentum. His momentum had completely stopped going towards the end zone. So that's the only little critique that you can actually give on that play. But it was a, you know, like I said, game. Touchdowns are scored. People fall back all the time in the in the NFL on on that same catch. So not trying to critique him too much. Yeah. Well, and by the way, like that's a that's an interesting point. And I will say this that in the post game. Trevor actually said, it was interesting to hear Trevor talk about it because he said that it unfolded exactly how they had practiced it. Mm. And as soon as he there hit the are. top of his drop, like when he looked to throw it, everything was open kind of the way they had practiced it and repped it. And so he's like, oh, this, <laughs> he kind of said, like, this might work, you know? And he stuffed it in there. Right. But I know what you're saying there about like just the turn of the body. And so it's, it's really hard to tell. You got to catch the ball first. Right, that's part of it, right. and then you gotta try to get in. I just uh, and maybe I'm gonna ask a little bit now about that because I'm I'll be interested to see if he could have done even a little bit slightly better job. Kirk was asked that yesterday after the game, but he's like, I'm gonna have to watch it to see if I could have done maybe something different. I just think there's right. so much going through a player's head at that time, and really, your number one thing is how do I fight my way into the end zone? If you go back and look at that replay, that thing was dang close. Now, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was really close. Uh, so I. I I just like the play overall. I thought it was a good effort. I thought the Giants did a good job. You got to tip your cap. I thought it was well coached, probably on both sides. But I'm going to ask a little bit more about it. I wish the Jaguars would have guarded the third and 17 in the AFC Championship game, like the Giants defended the goal line right there. That's for sure, Aaron. It does. It does make you wonder whether to be a bona fide number one in the league, do you need the body that comes with it? Because there are a few guys along the last couple of years or decades even who have been on the smaller side as a one. Steve Smith is the penultimate that comes to mind. But, you know, it's not often that you see these guys who are under 6'3 with these massive frames go out there and dominate game after game after game. But like Maurice Jones-Drew said, too, earlier, he said there's just not a lot of them. Right, so they would have to pony well, up a lot of money. He ended up naming the top six receivers in the entire <laughs> league. I think if I would have started naming some more guys, maybe we could have gotten a little deeper than that. But you're not. The point isn't lost on me. They're just they, they're just not around. Or yet. it's going to cost you a fortune. And Rasheen Mathis with us. Mathis on Mondays. I, I will say this about this is why they got Christian Kirk. Rasheen. That's a four-game losing streak. It's a frustrated locker room because they think they're better than their record says they are. They actually do. And I think you could argue the case internally that, hey, we should have won some of these games. We should be three and four or four and three, you know, something like that. So how important now is it for the Iluicans, for the Kirks, those guys that they brought in, for the guy like a Josh Allen who's already there, for Trevor who's now been through a lot of the stuff, to, to weather this, get through it, and not turn this into what I think would be catastrophic for the growth of this organization, like a seven- or eight-game losing streak? It's very, it's very important. It's, it's extremely important. Um, like you said, it could, it, it's so important that it can keep a group together for the next four to five years, or it can start weeding guys out in the next two years. That's how important it is for them to keep this locker room together. Yeah, that's a big stretch coming up. And, and you know, I think we talk about this a lot, the can play. Do you remember in your career how much, like, sometimes you're just pressing to make a play and and then you kind of go outside your rules a little bit? Uh, is that just a natural, instinctive thing as an athlete who wants to win, who wants to go make a play to help your team out? But I think can put it best. He's like, sometimes making the play is just doing your job and not, like, actually getting in the stat column, you know? Yeah, we talk about it all the time about we don't need you to do anything extraordinary. 
we just need you to do your assignment. And majority of the time, your assignment is what's going to allow you to make that play. Um, and that's probably 90, 95% of the time. And then you have the talented athletes. You know, we, we used to call, you know, we, we used to say as a, as a defense, you only have so many bullets in your gun. For some of, the, for some of your athletes, your top athletes on your team, you only have so many bullets in your gun. You did enough STEM study, so make sure you, when you shoot your shot, you hit your target. Yeah. If you're going to go out and the scheme of the defense. That makes a lot of sense. Rasheen Mathis. Mathis on Mondays here on ESPN 690. Brent and friends. Hey, uh, Mike Caldwell is uh, coming under a little scrutiny now of these last few weeks. I think the Jags defense has really fallen off. Are you seeing something on their defense, uh, especially these last two weeks? Uh, they're different, right? I mean, they allowed 200-something rush yards. They couldn't contain Daniel Jones. Uh, is there something amiss that, that's jumping out to you on the defensive side of things that, that maybe – is correctable even from a coaching standpoint, a schematic standpoint, uh, or the way they're game planning? No, I think they've been playing decent. I think they've been playing better than what, what the yards have been saying. Like, we, you're, not looking, you're not looking at them and saying, um, wow, you know, they're getting the ball ran all over them, right? Like, they're, they're in games. The, the score was what um, – we only, they only scored 17 points for, for it, you know, it was, it's not, I mean, only had 17 points on them for a, for a, for a while until the, uh, until the end of the game. Um, so I wouldn't say that it's a concern. I would say that they, you know, I think we mentioned it last, the, two weeks ago when, uh, who they played when, who we played when we had, uh, when the first, the back had a lot of yards. Houston, um, maybe. Or Houston, uh, Pierce. Yeah, it was Houston. It was Houston. Yes, it was Houston. Houston. Um, and we said if they don't find, you know, each team game plan. So they're going to see something and they're going to try to mimic what the other team was successful at. So that could be something going on and we have to put a patch on that hole. But overall, I like how they're playing. I like how they're playing pass defensively. Um, we gave up a long a touch, a long touchdown that should never happen in the first quarter. Um, but I think he played better. Um, after that, um, Williams has been playing great in the slot, and he was—he's playing much better in the slot than he was at the beginning of the year. Um, so I—I I, I like what I'm seeing overall. Like I said, they got to plug in some holes with not allowing a hundred-yard game after a hundred-yard game because yeah, you will get looked at a little different when you do that as a defense. You take this stuff way more in stride than the rest of us, I think. I appreciate that. Uh, Rasheed Mathis with us. Mathis on Mondays on ESPN 690. Uh, here's the crazy stat. If you want another stat to throw out there? I thought they did a terrific job on Saquon Barkley for three quarters plus. Well, they gave up 126 yards rushing to Daniel Jones and Barkley in the fourth quarter alone. Like, I mean, you've got to seal the deal, right? At the end of the day, you've got to seal the deal. I want to go back to something you just said, though, because I think I saw it with my eyes, too. I thought Darius Williams played his best game as a Jaguar. So you thought he played well in this game? Yes, the last two games. Um, I mentioned it last game too. He, he he stepped up and played well. But this game, he was all over the place. He was. I've seen him closing gaps. I've seen him just being around the ball a lot. Um, and he got tested, and that's what they're going to do. Teams are going to. We look at we look at them prior to the game, seeing who was kind of struggling a little, and we try to pick on those spots. We try to pick that scab to see if it's still there. And they didn't find anything. They didn't find anything when they were throwing at him. Um, so I, I was very pleased and very excited how he played into the played in the slot. Before we hit a break, though, let me ask you this: Why don't they? This guy has a he won a Super Bowl in part on the outside with the Rams. He's played well on the outside. 
Do you, what's their thinking? And again, he played well in the slot. And actually, I think he got more plays by playing in the slot. So I'm not saying they were wrong. Yeah. But I just thought naturally, a guy that's making $40 million that had played on the outside, they would have moved him outside instead of Herndon. Did, were you surprised they kept him uh, with Shaq Griffin out? Surprised they kept Darius Williams in the slot? Well, no, because the slot is a different monster. Not everybody can go in there. Um, you have to understand, you have to be a smart player. You have to understand the defense in and out to be able to play in the slot. So once that 11, that um, nickel package comes in, um, Herndon, he probably can't pick up the blitz schemes if he's blitzing or the coverages when they're in coverage. Um, the zone coverages, knowing where to be in spots. So it's a totally different animal in the slot, understanding the defense-wise, um, understanding the defense. It's a different monster once you get into that slot. So I understand why they have Williams there because, obviously, he's their smartest player when it comes to knowing um, going from outside to inside. And he showed yesterday that more plays, big plays are going to happen outside for sure, but more plays are going to happen in the slot. Are you concerned about their other corner spot then, whether it's Shaq Griffin, Trey Herndon, or anybody else? I mean, they just seem like they're a little light right there. And Tyson Campbell's very good. Obviously, Williams playing very good. But they're going to be attacked in that other spot, i got to believe. Well, and that's where the defensive scheme comes in at. Like, you got to protect where you got to protect the area that you need to be – that needs to be protected. You, under, you, you see Williams playing better in the slot. That means, okay, he doesn't need as much help maybe. Um and and then you can lean you can lean away from Campbell and you can kind of lean away from those guys who are actually playing better and put more on their shoulders and kind of you know get a little help on the other side of the field. Rasheen Mathis, Mathis on Mondays. Let's take a break. When we come back, we talk more with Rasheen about this football team and where they might be headed and how, what else they can fix as the Jags are mired in a four-game losing streak. Brent and friends on ESPN six ninety. Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz, we're all right back on ESPN 690 right after this. It can, yeah, the travel and everything it can. And again, with, with Shaq's injury too, you want to make sure that, that he's comfortable and we're comfortable and there's no further you know, risk you know, to his back. and. You know, just want to make sure that he's he's 100%. But, yeah, short week, and we're traveling on Thursday. Um, can It's almost like a bye week, or not a bye week, but a Thursday game, you know, where, where you, you want to be a little more, you know, overly cautious. That is Doug Peterson, Jags head to London. Uh, by the way, my stat of the day for you is this, from a sunshine and rainbow standpoint. The Jaguars, the last five times they've lost in the United States and played the next week in London, are four and one. Oh. How about that? How about that? How about that? Here I am. Yeah, Happy Monday. In all your glory. There you are. <laughs> Sitting in that same spot. <laughs> hey, welcome back to Brent and Friends. Brent Bartno, Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz, Rasheen Mathis. Mathis on Mondays for another segment with us. We appreciate him hanging around and talking some football and trying to make sense of this football team. Uh, Aaron has a question on Trevor Lawrence in a moment. But before we do that, the James Robinson situation and then also the Shaq Griffin situation. And because I don't know if it's a situation. I think it's just interesting that he didn't practice at all last week, Rasheen, after having such a bad day the previous Sunday and then didn't play. And then you just heard Doug Peterson talking. Who knows what's if he's going to travel? Does that make a lot of sense? Like, is, is that a thing at all that 
all right, man, get back out there and play or gut through it after you have a bad performance, or does that say something to the football team, or am I reading too much into it? Well, it's kind of if you don't get a – if you're not given a lot of information, it's easy for us to read into it. Um, so if there's no injuries that are actually being said, um, I, ha- I haven't followed it um, as close. Um, so I was kind of shocked. I didn't know he weren't. I didn't even know he wasn't dressing until I seen him, um, until I um, saw who the starters were. Um, so I did. I wasn't following it that close. But if he hasn't given, if um, you know, Doug hasn't given any, if he doesn't haven't given any um, extra information on injuries or not, then that that could be something that needs to kind of be explained, and so it doesn't just linger on um, for from a defensive back room. And from a defensive perspective, because I've been part of those situations, and you know, we're grown men, so it, it affects it affects a lot more than what the front office feel, thinks it does. Yeah, and, and and here's the thing: I don't want to insinuate anything. I just want to ask because Rasheed's played in the league right. before, and, and Rasheed, uh, just to be clear too, so he has the bad game on Sunday last week, yes. but Wednesday did not practice. He had back injured Thursday, did not practice Friday, did not practice. So they ruled, we knew he wasn't going to play on Friday, um, and right. because we're down there all the time and we get the reports, and so like. I, I, he he has an injury of some sort. I was just curious to maybe like, all right, man, like we still try to at least like make us tell you that you're not playing, <laughs> you know, rather than or maybe oh, yeah. they did and maybe they did. Maybe they said, listen, it's get that thing settled, get that thing healed. I was just curious from maybe a player point of view, like, man, you you want to see that guy bounce back, and now we might have to wait for a couple of weeks to see him bounce back potentially. Well, from a player's point of view, you had a bad game, so you need to be out there that next. You know, that's that's kind of our – that's the lay of the land. Like, you don't want to – okay, I don't want to give up my downs, my 65 plays or whatever, however many we have averaging during the game. I don't want to give up those plays to someone else so someone else can possibly take my spot um, because it's every – you know, it's week in and week out. So I say he needs to be traveling. Um, you know, from his – from a standpoint of being supportive – um, I really have to be injured for for um, them to not dress me. So they need to tell me something or whether it's being said and we don't know. But I don't like the situation um, because it wasn't – I didn't – you know, I know you said you guys were down there um, and you got the reports. But, you know, for the, for injury to keep me out of two weeks, for, for injury to keep me out of out – of, from playing for two weeks, then something should have been – I should have been, like, laid out on the field or something. Like, it's not just a random injury that's going to keep me out for two weeks. We talked a little bit about Christian Kirk earlier with you, Rasheen, but I want to look at the passing attack in general. It's an interesting game to me from that perspective, only because the entire game essentially was within a touchdown for both teams for nearly the entire time, right? But if you look at the play-calling split, it's basically two-to-one pass to run from the Jaguars, 43 attempts from Trevor, 44 from the team, if you count the Christian Kirk to uh, ETN failed screen. I, this team sounds like seems like it desperately wants to be a passing team, but you know, you look at the game from Trevor, it had stuff to grimace at and stuff to smile at. It was second worst QB rating, second worst completion percentage, but no interceptions, no fumbles, uh, but he didn't get into the end zone. So, what do you make of Trevor's game and the passing attack in general yesterday? What do you think needs to happen there for them to be more efficient? 
executing on third down. Um, if you, I don't, you know, not looking, I'm not looking at the stats, but if you win third down, you, you, you typically win the game. Um, and also capitalizing when you get in the red zone. And we've seen that week in and week out that it's kind of been a struggle struggle in that in that area. Um, and that goes to the quick passing game because things get shorter, things get tighter, windows get smaller in the red zone. So you have to really trust, kind of like how uh, Brent said that Trevor in the interview, he said it opened up just like we planned it. Like you have to trust those things. You have to trust your you have to trust the defense that you think is being shown, and you have to trust your guys to be in the spots that they're supposed to be in. Um, and that comes from not being scared to throw interceptions, but also trusting your guys and knowing that they're going to be in those spots. So I think they're kind of ironing out those wrinkles where I am trusting my guys and I don't have to overthrow balls and throw the ball too hard. You know, I could just trust my guys like I do in practice. And if you're able to – control the game like you control practice it, it could be it could go a lot better for you. time of possession split about 10 minutes yeah. between the two teams i might be more about the jags defense though yeah a little bit i'm just i'm wondering why not trust etn more as a runner than you're doing right now yeah he might be i mean maybe you should i mean he only got it 14 times and he's touching it eight yards a touch maybe you know? he needs it 25 look at his per 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 carry average but I we mean. spent the three o'clock hour a lot of guys don't think he's that back you know he's not going to get it 20 something times let him prove it to you i yeah maybe uh so well, I think with him and Robinson, it's kind of, you know, they, they kind of have a two, two-headed beast. And I don't know when they decide to run ETM more than they did Robinson. I know Robinson was having more carries at the beginning of the year. Now in the last couple of weeks, it seems like ETN is getting his spots. So I don't really know, you know, the balance that they're doing there. Well, they have shifted. There's no doubt. I mean, yeah. Travis ETN is the lead back. He's more explosive back. The 49-yard play, the 48-yard play, they want more of that. Doug Peterson obviously wants more of that. You know, and the, I think Trevor's – line changes because ETN fumbles. I mean, it would have been another score. It would have been 24 points. And then if they kick the field goal or they get the fourth down and go in, mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about 27 points or even more. So, I, I mean, I think Trevor, I feel a way about Trevor as I do about Doug overall. Like, I think Trevor was fine yesterday. Mm-hmm. I don't think he put the ball in danger a lot. He didn't cost you the game. He gave you chances. He made plays. People don't want to talk about the plays on third and 10. They don't want to talk about second and 25. He made plays to keep drives alive, to put him in position. And to answer Rasheed's question, they were 6 of 12 on third down. That's a good rate on third downs. And they were backed up in some odd down and distances at times. I think he's running the offense well. I also think you can be critical of a couple of things. I think he kind of freaked out in the last drive there and almost threw an interception off to his left-hand side, mm-hmm. you know, but luckily yeah. there was a penalty. I don't, I don't know why he got so anxious, or maybe he saw the penalty flag come out and was like, I'm getting rid of it, so we get that call. I don't know. I have no idea what happened on that play. And then I think the one that he's being criticized the most for, if before the ETN fumble machine, does he – how much does he have to make that throw to Zay Jones in the end zone? Is that an easy play for an NFL quarterback? You know what the one I'm talking about? Yes, where um, he should have kind of laid it out to the corner of yes. the end zone. Yes, yes. he overthrew so it. That, and he's, he overthrew it, like well overthrew it. Like, yes, you know, out of bounds. Extremely too hard. It should have been more of a touch pass to the corner of the end zone, trusting your receiver that he will make the play. Um, and, I, and I think that's part of growing. Um, you see all the veteran quarterbacks, they're going to – are, you know, not just veterans, but you see the, the quarterbacks that trust and have chemistry with their receivers, they're going to lay that ball up where only their receiver can get it. And, you know, if he doesn't make the play, he doesn't make the play. But I'm not throwing the ball out of bounds where he has no chance. Um, I've seen the same thing with 
and this is not, you know, critiquing him too much, but this is just saying a little. Um, at the, the last drive, I think Marvin Jones was one-on-one on the left-hand side, and he threw it out of bounds over his head. He didn't give Marvin Jones a, Marvin a chance to make that play. Um, and he was, you know, it was good coverage, but still give your receiver a chance. Like one-on-one, it's hard for a DB to come down with that ball. So always give your receiver a chance. Yeah, and I th- listen, I'm going to, this sounds like an excuse for him. I don't, this is not an excuse. I think this is reality. I think, I'm just telling you what I think is happening with Trevor Lawrence. I think the scar tissue pokes back in. When he's in the red zone, key spots, he does not want to make the mistake. I think in, right. he's free and easy inside the 20s. I think in the course of the game, he's letting that ball rip, man. I mean, he's making some throws. <laughs> maybe it's just rel- uh, maybe it's just uh, just because relative. we haven't seen it relative to everybody else we've seen. But it's like, wow, man, I'm impressed by a lot of that stuff. But when he gets down to the red zone, overthrows James Robinson, overthrows Zay Jones, the tight. play that you're talking well. He doesn't want to err on the side of making my guy let my guy make a play and it might get picked off. Mm-hmm. He does not. He's worried too much right now about not throwing a pick in those spots instead of making a play. And I think that is all about last year with the 17 interceptions and all the scar tissue. I don't know when that burns off. I hope it does burn off. But I think that's the next step for Trevor. Just trust those plays too in the red zone, and you probably have four more touchdowns this year, Rasheed. I agree. I, I agree. Um, I, I agree with everything. Um, you know, one of the most athletic plays I've seen, I don't remember what quarter it was, he was getting ready to run, and he shot a dart, like, straight in the middle of the field. Um, I don't know if it was to Kurt, um, but he shot a dart right in the middle, right in stride. He was getting ready to take off and run, shot a dart right into the middle of the field. So his athleticism, um, the, the awareness, he has it. So he, as an athlete, we just have to trust our ability. Um, and in those spots in the red zone, like you said, that scar tissue, um, he's scared to trust his ability in the red zone. Things kind of tightens up for him, and it needs to loosen up for him. And he's able to, and then he will be able to make those, those touch passes. Um, but is it a concern? I don't think it's a concern. Like you said, he didn't lose the game for us at all. Um, he played well. He controlled it. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't um, allow his guys um, to lose the game. He didn't lose the game, and, and he put, a, put us in spots where we can actually win the ball game. So it's just a little growing pains, and hopefully that scar tissue, um, as, you, as you're quoting, um, wears off a little sooner than later. Yeah, Rasheen, that throw you're talking about was early in the game. I remember it, too. I actually wrote it. I don't ever write anything down, but I actually wrote it. Not I was even like, for this. the show. I was <laughs> like, this right here is a good throw, and then I kind of forgot about it, so I'm glad you brought it up. But, uh, Rasheen, let's go. I want to go back to the defensive side real quick. And there's a, a time in the game where they had 10 men on the field. They called timeout, and in the very next play, they come out of it with 12 guys on the field, okay? So things were not going well. They were down by the goal line, but... Is that – how does that happen? Is that like a late play call? You're trying to get guys in and out? Like, where does that stem from? Like, I know we want to say coaching, but is that actually what happens or are guys just not in the situation or what goes on there? Okay, so either Caldwell is saying that, okay, this is my fault, I take the blame, or somebody's getting chewed out. Like, so players getting chewed out. Because having 12 or 10 men on the field is unacceptable. Um, about – all measures, by all measures, it's unacceptable. So it's a bonehead play by somebody. So hopefully the D.C. is taking it on his shoulder saying that, but I, I doubt that it's happening. I doubt that it's happening. I, I think it was a player mistake um, when you only have 10 or 11 because your, your DB coach and your D-line coach or your linebacker coach, those are the guys that's responsible for getting base, sub, uh, nickel, um, dime, whatever package you have in. 
um, into the game, and you're supposed to know as a, as a player on what, what package you're included in. Yeah, and that's why I kind of say this was a sideline game for the Jags. I think, Doug Peterson, you can question him a little bit. I think some of those lineup things where you had to burn timeouts, I think you question it. And for me, it goes to the coaching and anyway uh, because they got to get their guys there in some way, shape, or form. It's probably on a player. Probably players should know, too. But it's a sideline game in some respect where they just messed up too much. They, they haven't done a lot of that either. That was an urban thing, okay? That was, like, a big problem last year. That hasn't been a problem. They've been organized. They've been pretty good at that stuff. They weren't at times yesterday, and they had to burn two timeouts, which proved to be super costly in that football game that they had to burn two timeouts uh, late in that second half. Well, we'll see what happens with the Jacksonville Jaguars from here, Rasheed Mathis. Uh, it's a big one. In, I mean, they just yeah, – I, I think you've said it now three weeks in a row. They just need a win. And, uh, yeah. yeah, they need a win. <laughs> yeah, we got to come back. It's a long plane ride. So. <laughs> That's true. You, you definitely need a win. You definitely need a win. <laughs> yeah, if for nothing else. Like, I think we all need a win. Everybody needs a win. But if nothing else, that is a long plane ride with a loss. <laughs> trust me. Trust me. It's, yeah, I've, I've, I've been over there three times. So coming back with a w, with, without a W is, is not something you want to do. Right. You don't want to be quiet. You don't want to have to be quiet or sitting on your, sitting on your hands for, um, for however, 10 hours. Hey, uh, before actually, let me ask you one more about that. How how hard is it to play your A game over there as an athlete when you make that trip uh, from a traveling standpoint? Yeah, it, it, it's tough on the body, but the team do, does an amazing job of providing our own food, making sure everything that we want. It's, it's, they're catering to us. Um, so, and the other team is making that same trip, right? So, you have to do what you need to do to get your body prepared to come play, and that's rest. That sleep. I know there's going to be some sleep doctors talking to teams this week. Um, that you know, we had that some sleep doctors coming in and talking to us about the time change and the importance of what what time we should stay on and things of that nature. So they do a great job of catering to us and allowing us to understand what it takes for our body to be at its um, at its best. All right. Well, thankfully, you don't have to make that trip. Not anymore. We just talk about it on Monday. Instead, we'll be well-rested uh, after that. Rasheen Mathis, Mathis on Mondays. Thanks, man. Hope you have a good uh, rest of your week. We'll talk to you next Monday. Uh, you guys as well. That is Rasheen Mathis, former Jags cornerback, of course. I guess I shouldn't assume that everybody knows Rasheen, but... You know, Rasheen. who doesn't know Rasheen, uh, former Jaguars corner, uh, talking about the Jaguars. It was a terrific insight on both sides of the ball and kind of levels it out. I feel like, like he's in the building sometimes, yeah. right? He's the voice of the building. Yeah. Where this is what these guys go through. He, even early, like he didn't, I thought he'd be a little bit more. He said it can't happen on that touchdown, the opening mm-hmm. drive. He says how it can't happen. But yeah. he also thought they played pretty well de- defensively in the pass area yeah, he gave for a lot of that game. There, sure. And uh, he had some nice things to say about the passing attack when it works. But, you know, questions still remain about how this offense is being run. you imagine how different of a feel today is like Kirk got in? Oh, my God. Everyone's elated. Over the moon. He beat the 5-1 and one Giants. You know what would have been wild about that is the Jags won in comeback fashion. I believe it's their biggest comeback win all time when they beat the Giants in 2014, 25-24. <laughs> Could you imagine if they had walked off the Giants in that way? <laughs> that would have been something. Of course, I probably have been told this a few times today. They would have missed the extra point anyway. Well, the one did get, <laughs> the one did get blocked, so, you know. You were thinking of it, right? Oh, they're yes. They're going to score, and then they're going to miss the extra oh, point. I said it out loud. 
I'm still trying to figure out if, like, Peterson had a girlfriend stolen by a field goal kicker or something when he was in high school. This guy has never met a field goal play Bro, call he liked. He was the quarterback. I don't think that's how it played well, out. Wait, wait, why would he hate kicking field goals so much? Give him some bad trauma. <laughs> and then it's something else. I, I thought you were going to tell me that if they didn't score right there, Peterson was going to go for two. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back. Football at five coming up as well on ESPN 690. Friends, ESPN 690 on a Monday. Disappointing Monday. Here in Jacksonville. You're a Jags fan. It is Florida Georgia week, so if you're a Georgia fan, that's exciting. If you're a Florida fan, maybe not so much. Not so much. <laughs> maybe not so much. The spread is 21 and a half points, I've heard, in that football game as of now. Uh, I would imagine Georgia will cover that, but we got plenty of time to talk about that as we go along. In the week, it's it's not Victory Monday in Jacksonville, but it is. It's very far from Victory Monday. In New Jersey, but not for the Giants, for Aaron Schachter's New York Jets. And let me, let me tear down the fourth wall a little bit for anyone listening to this radio show because you got two guys in Casey and Brent who are so upset about the Jaguars' losses. But then they look at me and they'll be like, oh, Aaron, you must be excited. You must be happy. Because the Jets are playing well. And if you know anything about the Jets, that organization, that joke of an organization you know, we're always mere seconds from the entire season unraveling. Play the harps and, and go back to yesterday. That has happened. Oh, my God, yes. Not only did we lose the entire offense when Brees Hall went down, but now I just heard that uh, Elijah Vera Tucker's injury, his triceps injury, mm -hmm. that's going to keep him out the whole season as well. That was the best player on the line, the best player uh, at, at running back. Certainly the quarterback isn't proving anything. You're happy when he just barely game manages. You guys don't know how good you got it in Jacksonville. The Jets are 5-2, and two, though. Okay, but that'll be five wins for the entire season now. You tell me, they couldn't score when they had Hall in the game, barely. How are they getting to the end zone now? Ain't going to happen. Do you know how entitled you sound? Oh, my God. Ain't going to happen. I would give half the organization to have Lawrence under center instead of Zach Wilson. Well, no, that's that's feasible. But you're 5-2, and two, and you're saying, how oh, are they going to score? We're wondering the same thing at 2-5, and five, Aaron. Let's put a bet on the board right now. All right? From Jets fan to Jags fan, by the end of the season, same record or the Jags are better. You want to put it on the board? Put it on the board. Put it on the board. We're back with more right after this. Football at 5 coming up next.